Welcome to the Housewife of Horrors podcast. Hey, hey, true crime lovers. The Housewife of Horrors is going to do a little something different this week. We are going to take a break from really heavy, in-depth crime analysis here, and we're going to bring you a commentary from a true horror film, the 1976 version of The Town That Dreaded Sundown, And as usual, my ever-faithful companion, Evil, from 3B Video is here. And he is going to kind of take it from here because he's more experienced on the commentary kind of thing. And uh, hopefully we will uh, bring you some entertainment throughout this uh, murderous film. Murderous film. It is a murderous film. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I have some experience doing uh, commentaries on uh, our 3B Video YouTube channel, so if you're familiar with that, you kind of know how this goes for the, the noobs uh, to commentaries. This is a fan commentary, we have no affiliation whatsoever with this film, but we're just going to play it, we'll let you know when we start it, and we're just going to do a, a little fan commentary for it. We are watching this on the Shout Factory, Scream Factory Blu-ray edition. And we are at the main menu screen, so uh, true uh, Lethal Weapon Rules 2 style. Uh, uh, you're sitting on the toilet, it's getting ready to explode. We're going to jump into the bathtub on one, two, three. So on the count of three, we will hit play. Wait, are we doing one, two, three, go, or one, two, three? We're doing, I do this despite uh, <laughs> another podcast, Nightmare Junkhead. They always get the countdown rules wrong, so I'm like, no, you have to do the rules right, which is... How they do it is they're on the toilet, and we're going to do it on three. Three, jump in the toilet. So, Regina, count us count us in. One, two, three. All right, we are hitting play. And uh, as we all know, or if you don't know, this was uh, a series of murders that took place in uh, February to May of 1946 in Tex Arcana. Was it tech? Oh, on it looks like the Texas side. Um, Texas, Arkansas, whatever. It happened right there. And this is a Charles B. Pierce film. He also did uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek. So he has it's 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 presented in a film format, but it's um, like a mockumentary style. Yeah, like it's done in voiceover. with I think the director I think it is Charles B. Pierce doing it and this uh, shot in 76 but takes place in 46 and um, when I was in middle school I used to have weekends over with my BFF and her grandmother would take us to Blockbuster and we would rent videos and I remember us watching this and um, I kind of did a little math even for you know the age that I was and they talk about how this went down like um Oh shit! What was it? Eight months after World War II ended, so and I was kind of factoring uh, what we know about serial killers, um, you know, twenty, thirty years old. By the time that I was watching this in the late '80s, that guy would have been like in his fucking '80s. So, from my understanding, he was never apprehended. I haven't. They have no. suspicions on who. They have theories on who, 
but nothing, no hardcore evidence has ever panned out. And that is your official history with this film, is uh, renting it back in the day? Yes, uh, I would spend the night with my friend, and like I said, every weekend we would, you know, get like two, three horror movies, stay up till like the crack of dawn watching these, and like this one, there's a certain part that goes down when she got freaked out and moved the couch in front of the door. (laughs) So, of course, they start out, we're at the Sunday, March 3rd. We're focused on a pair of shoes. Is it the killer? Is it some rando? Let's find out. And my history with this is I was completely, I had like a vague recollection of like my mom talking about this title of this movie, but I had never seen or heard anything of it until we watched that uh, that documentary that you're a big fan of, Killer oh, Legends. Oh, Killer Legends by Joshua Zeman. If you ever get a chance to check out, you want some interesting kind of um, not mainstream, like urban legend type documentaries that are true, check out Joshua Zeman, Z-E-A-M-A-N. He has a documentary called Cropsy and then another one called Killer Legends. And Killer Legends does go into some backstory of, you know, the town that dreaded sundown moonlight killer lovers lane yeah that was my introduction to it and you're like hey uh, i remember i remember this blah 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 and literally before we had finished that documentary i had already amazon ordered uh, a copy of killer legends and the blu-ray of this movie which is super cheap by the way this is not an expensive movie at all to uh, get your get your hands on if you feel so inclined so you mentioned uh, Charles B. Pierce earlier in The Legend of Boggy Creek. Great movie. Well, um, that was done four years before this movie in 1972. And uh, come to find out, some of the swamp scenes that are in this movie are recycled from The Legend of Boggy Creek. Uh, just need Travis Crabtree just stro- strolling through the woods, getting ready to shoot a big hairy monster roaming around. And... As our our killer that we never they have never identified officially, and we never get an identification in the movie, is uh, they call him the Phantom Killer. We see him here stalking the outside of this car, and he wears a uh, like a sheet sack over his head with eye holes cut out. That is terrifying as hell. Imagine you know you think you're gonna be going to have a little privacy. Maybe do a little making out, whatever happens, you know, when you go to Lover's Lane. <laughs> Hide the salami. Um, and then this dude with just a sack over his head and eye holes cut rolls up on you. I personally, at this point, he's like pulling at the door. I would have been trying to start the car and get the fuck out of there. But he's just, they're both just sitting there in fear while he pulls out a weapon. Beating on this, beating the windshield, dragging the dude out. It's got to be a complete and total pain in the ass trying to see through that shit. Like, fucking a sack over your head with holes cut out. And I just keep going back to, like... Uh, Django Unchained. Yeah, it's like, I can't see <laughs> I can't see shit out this thing. <laughs> um, something about this movie. Uh, it is 70s, and some of the kills... I think one of the kills is a little hokey, but funny, no, it's, but it's, original. It's real fucking hokey. But uh, something about this movie that scared me, even to this day, is the whole masked assailant. Well, it's those five words that were 
Googleable back then based on a true story. Right. And I mean, this really was based off a true story and just the whole masked assailant, whether it's a true story or not, it is a terrifying concept for the fact that they hold all the cards. Like, they know who you are, they know where you are, they know, you know, whatever they know about you, but you know nothing. You don't know who it is. It could be your best friend, your worst enemy. You you don't know, and you don't know who they are, what they're thinking, what their next move is. It's such a home field disadvantage, if you ask me, um, and it just makes it all the more terrifying, the whole not knowing who's behind the mask. So we've got our cold opener there where we got our first attack on the first couple we had the we were getting the uh title introduction how like this dude like very far away just gliding off the road there to see the like you couldn't even see where this woman from where he stopped was like erratically driving off the car so when i kind of just you know got on google and just typed in you know the moonlight killer and stuff the Wikipedia page, which we all know Wikipedia is not the most reliable, but it's a good What? The internet to never lies. I totally believe everything on the internet. But anyway, it said five to seven kills, and it's like five to seven? They don't know how many he fucking killed? Well, we know at least five. There's two that are up to, up to mystery. Could have been Zodiac. Yeah, because Zodiac wasn't whatever. Zodiac was also He was too busy shooting people in fucking California. Well, our phantom killer shoots somebody at one point, too. Oh, look at old school ambulance. But not in California. I've actually been to Texarkana. It was years ago on a family vacation. Apparently, they f- they do a screening of this every year at, like, a drive-in. They do the original. I don't know if they do the remake or the sequel, whatever the hell you classify the other one as, that I still haven't seen, but you have. What do you think of the... Uh, um, other town that dreaded sundown it wasn't bad i liked it if you want to do a double feature it's not a bad double feature i'm personally a fan of like the classic and the remake um i like putting them together like the cape fears i would like to throw the stepford wives in there but the remake wasn't they lost continuity somewhere in the middle of it was it chips in their head or were they robots which one was it you can't have it both ways so anyway sex robots (laughs) i forget oh um let's see this one is not really the same name but i really like the bad seed and the good son macaulay culkin rocked the shit in that movie (laughs) he was such an evil little bastard and he wasn't even you know 15 before he made that movie i don't even i don't even know if he was 10 but he rocked the shit and he was he was terrifying little fucking sociopath Kids do suck. Uh, also, uh, this also inspired uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. The look of uh, Jason, as we first really see him as the as the main killer in in that franchise, he starts out wearing also a uh, Phantom Killer style sack on his head. Of course, he's a mongoloid with eyes that are offset, so he only has one eye hole as opposed to two. Can we, can we say mongoloid? Uh, I me, thought that was a... Me and Raj uh, keep saying mongoloid. Our, our tech guy keeps saying we can't say it, but I don't... I'm I gonna thought that was it. a derogatory term. To what, mongoloids? No, to mentally handicapped people? Uh, I always just look, thought of it of like uh, hunchback-looking dudes. 
Oh, okay. Like people that look like they came out of uh, like Quasimodo. The and Hills Have Eyes kind of shit. Well, see now, Quasimodo and the Hills Have Eyes are two different things. Because Quasimodo was just living in a fucking you know in a tower, all by his lonesome. The wrong and turn the, family. And the Hills Have Eyes and fucking wrong turn. They're like inbred to insanity. So we're not, we're, we're not entirely sure Jason isn't that. We don't know who the dad is. Oh, now you're bringing Jason into this. Well, I Jason thought we were talking a, about Quasimodo. Well, Jason has a tie to this because they, <laughs> sty- they styled I, his look off of the Phantom Killer. So, do you think that this will ever be solved? I mean, even though like the Phantom Killer is probably aged out and died, do you think that there might be... Kind of like Jack the Ripper, you know, that shit was like 200 years ago and they're still trying to crack that. Do you Ripperologists. Think, do you think that this is going to be kind of another, kind of an, our version of a Jack the Ripper, sort of? They're going to research it for 200 oh, years and if, still if, never figure it out? If there ever is an American representation of Jack the Ripper, I think it would totally be this or the Zodiac Killer. And there's no way in, in hell they're ever going to solve it because 90% of evidence now is all... They're all dead. It's all eyewitness testimony stuff and shit. No one, no one's either got the memory that's that clear anymore, or they're just not. They're not ticking anymore. So this will just no. It'll this will. Ha- I mean, if it is ever solved, it will definitely be based off forensics. Not. Yeah, I don't even know how they're gonna do, get get that. Right. <laughs> Some dude, one hundred and twelve, is gonna croak in a few years. Is gonna. I did it. Did what? Yep. Just, just classify that as like he he admitted it. He well, got it. And this is also you know falls in with like Velisca axe murder. They, I don't think they'll ever figure out who did that either. I think that's just going to be speculation and yeah, that's going to go unsolved. Now, I'm not entirely sure, but I want to say, unlike The uh, Legend of Boggy Creek, where they actually used a lot of people that uh, were the literal eyewitnesses and people involved with this, with the cases, uh, seeing the Sasquatch out in the out in the woods, they used them for the filming of the movie. I don't think there's anybody that's from this town or any of these cases or any of the lawmen that are. Uh, reprising roles on screen for this movie. Okay, here's a little factoid, just kind of reading some stuff off IMDb here. Off the case or the movie? Uh, the movie. Okay, now during the film, the narrator says, quote, Charles B. Pierce. <laughs> if you should ask people on the street what they believed happened to the Phantom Killer, most would say that he is still living here and is walking free. End quote. That's Wow, knowing that there's a killer amongst such a small group of a close-knit small community, it really shakes your foundations of trust of like, you know, it could be my neighbor. It could be the dude across the street. I mean, yeah. But anyway, um, the Texarkana police police's best lead in the case was a car thief named Yule Sweeney, whose wife, Peggy supplied them with details about the murders only the police and the killer would know. That's such a 40s name, Peggy Sweeney. Um, As the admissible evidence against Sweeney was only circumstantial, police instead charged him with the felony of theft of a car. 
under Texas law, he qualified for the State Habitual Crime Act and received a life sentence for being a repeat offender. He served 25 years before getting his case appealed and being released from prison at the ripe age of 57. In 1975, he was arrested again for counterfeiting coins and stealing another car. I think if I was going to be counterfeiting, the last thing I'm fucking around with is quarters, nickels, and dimes. But I guess if you don't want to look suspicious, maybe he was just trying to get rich, like $20 at quarters at a time, cashing them in, getting his 20 bucks, going to the next store. It seems like a big futile effort to get rich is counterfeiting coins, but I'm sure there was some method to his madness. Um, anyway, he was sentenced to two years in prison again, and he walked away from a prison labor job but was recaptured four days later and sent to Leavenworth Prison, which is about 45 minutes from here, uh, to serve an additional two years for escaping. Though still alive, he was incarcerated again at the time the movie was made and shown, and he died in 1994 at the age of 77. So Yul Sweeney seems to be the scapegoat based on circumstance. I mean, it's not a bad circumstance, knowing knowing key details that no one else knows. Unless you're just a crazed fan following true crime in the 40s. Yeah, because everybody was one of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doing radio shows. Uh, we are time stamping at 15 minutes and 22 seconds and counting. If you uh, had to uh, pause at any point, if you're actually watching along with us here. We're watching the police here try to formulate strategy <laughs> so there um there's the, the sign at the corner shows uh okay never mind that was something else never mind all that my bad i'm trying to read and watch and talk and not have dead air i'm like balancing seven plates over here all right, so we got spinning plates. It's a it's a another rainy night in Texarkana. This is what did I just say? It was March twenty fourth. Two lovers pulling up down a dark secluded trail. What was the Killer Legends? What did he tie this movie to? Was it this the the radio broadcast of like the two lovers laying and the I thought it was just goes outside and the radio says about a killer that escaped the hook hand. No, it's just not necessarily the hook hand but the whole Lover's Lane urban legend anyway. If you go parking up there, there's somebody who will get you, whether he's got a hook for a hand or a machete or a fucking gunny sack over his face. It was, I think, a scare tactic based out of reality, but a scare tactic to keep kids away from premarital sex. Did you have your own... uh, Lover's Lane? Lover's Lane and version of a don't go there because of this, because of XYZ story? Um, I didn't, but I know there are places and parks within the city that you don't go to after dark. Why not? I, um, a couple places I grew up hearing stories of when I was a kid, but like in the early 80s, um, Cliff Drive is this part of northeast Kansas City where it's this scenic long scenic parkway that you can drive through and at the end of it there's a waterfall and there's parks and shit and I remember hearing for years um, at the time this neighborhood was a predominantly Italian neighborhood and there were stories and news reports all through the 80s of them finding dead bodies in the hills of Cliffs Drive 
and finding stolen cars and dead bodies in stolen cars of Cliff Drive. Um, I don't think people necessarily went up there to make out, but it was a place you didn't go at night. It's a place you still don't go at night. But Speaking it, of night, look at what you think of these day for night looking shots here. Clearly in the middle of the day, they try to put that filter over so it looks like they're filming this shit at night during a heavy duty rainstorm. I mean, we just got him in the car right now with that, these outside shots. It's like, whoa. I mean, it did good for the time. It. I, I'm not going to say I'm 100% convinced that it's in the <laughs> middle of the night, but is it going into the nighttime hours? Sure. Look how bright that but, shit is. Yes. Look at that. <laughs> but who in the hell wants to be filming in the middle of the night in the fucking rain? Mud be like, it's like filming inside of an abandoned no power house so you wouldn't be able to see your hand and you wouldn't be able to see any you wouldn't be able to see these two cars two black cars in the middle of a rainstorm at night yeah all you could see is that is that yellow slicker jacket another area that i used to hear stories about oh man it totally just escaped me (laughs) oh okay and this was for a different reason but in the 80s and well into the 90s you didn't go to Penn Valley Park at night uh, just uh, a lot of horrible things have happened up there it was kind of um, to not sugarcoat it it was a place for gay people to hang out and a lot of times homophobes would go up there and go gay bashing which was horrible Gotta be secret gays themselves. How do they know where the hideout is? <laughs> Good question. But, you know, um, I'm not going to get into that because it it was undeserved and it's a hate crime and they're just, ugh. But it was an area you didn't go at night. And <laughs> it wasn't just, you know, a gay thing either, but there had also been people come up missing from there. This flashlight is just so ridiculous. Like, it's the it's the least lit thing going on out there. Like, it is so... <laughs> How can he not see that body laying there? It's supposed to be middle of the night. How's he supposed to see a body dressed <laughs> it, into the dark? It looks like four o'clock. So, yeah, it almost looks kind of dark around him there. Yeah, that's just sh- shadows of the trees, probably. I like that they were like definitely put a raincoat on the guy because probably just dumping like a sprinkler system on to simulate the rain. So what? We're like three bodies in, right? The first two were killed. Now this dude. Yeah. Okay, so we're three bodies in. Oh, this one's tied to a tree. That's horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible whether she was tied to a tree or not, but. Uh, she's tied to a tree and has been tied to a tree. That's it looks just like mean. he fucking bit the bit her back, or he's like punching. That two don't, punches and a puncture. Dude, that looks like teeth marks to me. That's those are big teeth marks. That's like unhinging your jaw. Too bad they couldn't do some like dental impressions sort of thing. Ooh, she was shot in the back too. It looks like <laughs> over a matter of eighty dollars. <laughs> okay, so now the sheriff is running around in the woods. Somehow he can The Phantom see. Killer is there, this, too. I'm just going to steal his fucking police cruiser. 
He carrying a pistol Well, I mean, Yul Sweeney was a car thief, so it's not unheard of if he stole the police car. That'd just be... <laughs> or any you found, car. So you found the fan killer. Oh, I lost him. You lost him. Where's your squad car? They took that, too. And why didn't he radio for backup or have backup before he even went out there? Where the hell is everybody else? Why didn't he throw that useless-ass flashlight? We've got two fucking dead people before he discovers these two. So we've already got two dead people, and you're going to go investigate this shit by yourself? They remake this again. I want to re- I want to cast that, that policeman as uh, Judge Reinhold. All right, so it looks this like... This is John Ashcroft, also from Beverly Hills Cop. That should be his role right here. Is the <laughs> Everyone's like, shit's getting real. You need to get guns, uh, new chain locks. Security is becoming a big, uh, big investment in Texarkana. People are nailing up sheets over their windows so they can't be seen through the windows. Minefields. Uh, hiring a local militia. Do they hire? It's been a hot minute since I've seen that. It's like, <laughs> I don't remember no militias in this. Oh, you can't tell me they're not some militia in Texarkana. And like, yeah, everyone's preppage, preppage for the day, but then it starts, that sun starts going down. It's like, all right, we got to hunker down. I would really like to believe at some point, maybe through some kind of forensics, that this case will be... No. I don't know, Saul... I want to say solved, but, you know, if we don't have concrete proof, and, I mean, but I like to think forensics is concrete. I mean, it is, but just, how are you going to get forensics from something that took place in the 40s? They're doing that shit all the time. They do, like, this, uh, oh, what is it, like, DNA ancestry, where they find DNA from people who are alive today who were related to the killer. Um, there's a technical name for it, but I can't think of it offhand. But they're finding fucking killers based off, like, cousins, nieces, nephews, and all that kind of shit now. So, I mean, never say never. I'm going to say never. We, we could fucking find his cousin or <laughs> or a fucking great-great-grandniece. Um, but we don't know who you're looking for, though. But if those, you know, if that DNA pops in the CODIS, yeah, then... Yeah, they, they stuck a blind guy in the back for one of the extras. He's just standing there beating his, beating his blind stick. He is. He's not moving. He's just sitting there waving his stick around. Yeah, make sure no one gets in front of him. He's going to trip somebody. Classic uh, hiring extras. Like, bring in a blind guy. Classic press-looking dude here with a press pass in his hat. Well, they didn't have lanyards back then, uh, so... Uh, yes, you can get anywhere with a lanyard. <laughs> you can. Yeah, lanyard, carry a ladder, Just get look, you anywhere. Look official. Look like you belong. Ooh, this. Dresses. They have the news. Orange is five cents. You can get a cigar for six cents. A Lord Baltimore cigar. You just took a handful of those. <laughs> so what? That's only like 60 fucking cents. Well, yeah, he, he's a fucking sheriff. He's living high on the hog, getting paid by the county. I need to, I need to know what the inflation yes, is. Yes, what is the inflation rate of... <laughs> a five-cent c- orange. Or a six-cent cigar. Oh, he just shoved a couple of fucking dollars into the blind man pencil cup. That's why the blind man wasn't going anywhere. He was peddling his pencils. All right, so in 1946... Yes, tell us. Five cents comes to a whopping 
70 cents. So he a 70 cent orange. Sounds about right. The cumulative rate of inflation is 1,306.7%. We've come a long way, baby. Still under a dollar, though. It's not bad for an orange. True. I mean, I could I can find 77 cents in my couch, probably. So now they're having this meeting of the minds, talking about evidence, speculation of theories. <laughs> Judge Reinhold lost his squad car the other night. You hear about that? <laughs> now, this dude here rocking uh, like a borderline John Waters mustache. What's your opinion on mustaches? Um, the pencil mustache can be pulled off by certain people. Aristocrats John, and morticians. Yeah, and John Waters. So we'll go ahead and put those three out there. However, I am a fan of the full mustache, such as Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, maybe even some Burt Reynolds, but Tom Selleck has a pretty good stash back in the day of, you know, Magna P.I., when he shaved it off in Friends, it was a little weird, but Tom Selleck is so awesome. I still liked him in Friends. How about the the handlebar, uh, famously yeah. owned more or less by uh, Sam Elliott, who? Oh man! Kind of kind of can make all the looks work. Either a mustache, handlebar, three day beard, full beard, or clean shaven. I'm I'm cool if his facial hair tickles me when we kiss, which means that I would like him in any scruff handlebar full mustache whatever what if sam elliott was the phantom killer man he doesn't seem to age so one thing we didn't discuss in this and actually i'll i was waiting till she got brought up in the movie but don wells is in this movie that we all know her from gilligan's island as marianne so that brings up the age-old question, evil. Which one do you like better, Ginger or Marianne? Which one would you pick? You know, I never really watched too much. But just uh, based off of superficialness and just looks, would you go for Ginger, the red-headed hot movie star with glam and glitz, or are you going to go for the cute girl next door, Marianne? Oh, uh, you know, I do have a tendency to lean towards that, uh, that uh, seductive redhead type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just my uh just my MO, I guess. All right. So, your final answer would be you would go for Ginger. I thought you would go with Marianne because Marianne's not as high maintenance. She would, I don't know. She seems more down to earth. The other one can take care of me though. I can finally quit working. Well, what if she don't want a kept man? They all do. <laughs> there was a uh, a series on VH1 god years ago like early aughts I want to say like 2005 maybe and it was called I think it was on VH1 and it was called Kept and it was Jerry Hall as in Jerry Hall who was the uh Mick Jagger's woman and then she went on to be an 89 Batman I think her name was Felicia the one Joker fucked her face up and she killed herself that Jerry Hall. Threw herself out the window. <laughs> yeah, so Jerry Hall had a series, a reality show called Kept, where like all these guys basically competed in these aristocratic um, games and obstacle courses and shit like that to be a kept man, to basically live in the lap of luxury and, 
Yeah, with Jerry Hall. <laughs> so, uh, to uh, halfway plug a little bit of my own things that we do on the 3B Video uh, Deep Cut Podcast, uh, and also we do during our live streams, is uh, no matter what movie we're talking about or discussing or commentating, uh, we have a lot of love for, but it's always fun to look at some folks that uh, also saw the same picture and absolutely hated it. So, would you like to hear... Ooh, some one-star reviews? Would you like to hear a few Amazon one-star reviews for the town that dreaded sundown? Does a fat dog fart? I don't know. Yes, they do. So read me the reviews. <laughs> All right, Devin from August 21st, 2015. One star, the worst I've ever seen. Wow, I guess he hasn't seen Dead Alive. How could anyone rate this as five stars? Have you all recently taken some kind of hallucinogen when you watched this? Awful acting. Really the worst. Even worse than the acting was the camera work, which could have been done better by a first grader. This was set in the late 40s, but treated like a 70s Dragnet-style movie. Aesthetically, nothing makes sense. You'll figure that out within the first ten minutes. The fresh from this from the late 70s police jargon was so out of place, and on top of that, poorly acted, the comedic interludes and unnecessary narration were annoyances, and ultimately led to me turning this stupid film off. I'm surprised I made it as far as I did. This was loosely based on true events. People were brutally killed. This movie pretty much thumbs the nose at the murderers, the victims, the people of the town and the police. I mean, a knife on a trombone? Spoiler. Oh, spoiler! Give me a literal break. I love B-horror movie and horror in general, but this movie was, all in caps, intolerable. Fuck him. I like the trombone kill. It's not every day. Yeah, sure, anybody can, you know, stab somebody, shoot somebody, even fucking strangle somebody. But to be as inventive and incorporate a trombone into your murderous scheme, that is ingenuity. A sick ingenuity, but ingenuity nonetheless. <laughs> so so another one, this is definitely a dude on a high horse. This is from David, a David Adams. On January 12, 2003, one star should have been rated triple X for violence. This movie was extremely disturbing. During the murder of the girl tied to a tree by a knife on the end of a trombone. <laughs> the way it was depicted, it was like you're sitting on the ground at a campfire watching it happen. <laughs> as I remember it, there's no music, just oomphs. As the murderer repeatedly drove the knife into her back. They made me want to jump up and stop the killing. Which of course was impossible. Interestingly enough, the Son of Sam murders started shortly after this, but nothing has ever been said about that. The similarities between the killings is creepy. Did Son of Sam see this movie? I do not know. But like I said, the parallels are disturbing. Finally, you have to be one demented person to want to see this movie more than once. To get quote-unquote pleasure out of seeing people ruthlessly murdered should not be normal. Okay, I think that guy lived a very sheltered life. <laughs> I have seen a lot worse than this. Um, and... Once again, why is everybody knocking on the trombone kill? I mean, I it, wanted to wait till we got to that part in the movie to start talking about it, but these people with their one-star reviews are forcing me to defend it early on. I mean, if there is anything that this movie is uh, infamous for, 
it is this trombone killing that we'll get to a bit later on. But another one, uh, Dave, on November 16th, 2014, he says, Five stars? You must be kidding. Bad acting, bad script, bad movie. I hope I can forget having watched this mess. Certainly belongs on anyone's list of top ten worst films. Once again, I don't think these people have seen very many movies. <laughs> so, another one that uh, has to talk about the trombone, Eric. On May 10th, 2013, he says one star, lol. The reviewer wrote, a knife at the end of a trombone? I laughed my you-know-what off. This really is a stupid movie for a flick. Once again, such haters. And one last one, uh, G. Morgan on November 14, 2015. He says one star, awful, don't waste your money, dire to the point of laughable. These people just don't appreciate a good 70s true crime film based in the 40s. <laughs> Is there really a long list of those movies? I really wonder, did they, in real life, did they have their police men and deputies dress up as women to go to Lover's Lane and pretend to be making out? You know, I I totally believe that. I mean... And they probably thought this was a hot shit idea, like, oh, he'll never see this coming. Yeah, that big old dude smoking a fucking fat cigar... Not a dude. How's that mustache there? He's got the, the he, curls on the end of it. Um, he It was waxed earlier in the previous shot. This shot, it looks like uh, he's had a long day. <laughs> it's not so wax and uh, sculpted. That's it. Sculpted. Yes, he sculpts his mustache. Uh, I have a friend of mine who does that. He likes to sculpt it with the whole... Actually, a couple friends. Jer, he does that too. He'll get his wax out and make it look all nice and curly and he really works it so we got these these cops in uh drag trying to be uh ploys on stakeouts at lover's lane which would you like to hear the one of the taglines for this movie oh please do not everyone who comes to this lover's lane has the same thing on their mind i mean it is true. Some people wanted some loving. Other people wanted some killing. Well, not other people. One other person. <laughs> so, yeah. Now they're in the car. The man cop in ladies clothing. <laughs> man cop. <laughs> the bait. The bait. Well, I didn't want to use the wrong terminology. Hmm. So I'd have to do the inflation on this as well, but this uh, estimated had a box office gross of uh, $400,000. So, back to the trusty inflation calculator of uh, 1976? This was 76 when it was made? Yes, sir. 76, so let's see. What do we got here? That's the year of our country's bicentennial. All right, so now it's the junior-senior prom. Everybody's getting their groove on, cutting the rug. They're leaving six inches of space for the Lord. <laughs> I think Calvin Klein's up there on stage playing Johnny Be Good. <laughs> He's so dreamy. So the inflation this movie made a hair under 
two million, which is not bad. I didn't. Uh... Okay, so it looks like they have the student band doing the music for the prom. They're, they're just too darn loud. That that would suck. What if you had a fucking date for the prom, but you're in the band? You don't get to go to fucking prom. You got to play the fucking trombone. There we go with the trombone again. Uh, you put that on your resume. <laughs> I rock my trombone at the 46th prom. Oh, we got this lady sneaking in. Oh, she's got her slow gin. Ooh, here's like here's the. Are they gonna spike the drinks? Oh, Jesus Christ! That is not spiking a cup. She fucking poured a cocktail. I mean, if you're gonna go, go all the way. Yep. She's like, if I gotta be at this God's forsaken dance, I at least want to get my tip on. I think this is the origin of the spiking the drink in a movie. Wow, she really sold that too. What like. was that one movie where somebody was spiking the drink and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm washing my hands. It was Grease. I told it, yeah, he's like spiking the punch at that school dance where uh, they're going to be televised. And right as he puts his bottle away, the teacher's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm washing my hands. All right, we're applauding the band. We applaud them because they can't show up with their dates to the prom, even though they're all dressed up. <laughs> Which one of those trombones will it be? Death by trombone, man. I mean, I we're mean, leading up to it now, so... I've seen some crazy deaths. Like, okay, Halloween kills. That uh, The fluorescent light bulb kill, that was pretty awesome. Um, Very timely with that. <laughs> in the movie Feed, he kills a lady with a pile of hamburgers. Um, not all at once, but just, you know, he's feeding it to her so she gets really big and fat and dies. Spoiler. Um, and I, I've seen some crazy kills. I don't know why those are the only two that came to mind, but... So what do you think about the use of it I mean it's pointless like he just he uh, we're getting we're gearing up to where he's gonna strap this knife to the end of a trombone and play it as he's stabbing her with the end of the trombone with a knife on it like a like a makeshift uh stabbing machine stabbing machine <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I was looking I was trying to find think of the word bayonet <laughs> But Stabby Machine works pretty good, too. I mean, we Sorry, go I'm more tripped up on why are they playing the new Auld Lang Syne, the uh, uh, New Year's song. It's like, is the prom on New Year's? So, you might like this, too. Uh, if you search on, of course, IMDb, which is where you're going to find all your uh, movie knowledge of sorts, would you like to know some of the taglines? If you're searching for a town dreaded sundown that pop up. Please. Lover's Lane. Stalking. Sack mask, psychopath, tied to a tree, trombone, creep, slaughter, psycho, terror, evil, maniac, stabbing, post-war, cornfield, pickaxe, okay. rain. <laughs> okay, so we're at the part of the movie, the prom is over. The girl playing the trombone, her and her, her man is there to pick her up. She's got her trombone in the case they're leaving. Well, according to this, in reality, 
It was not a trombone, and it was not the prom. On the evening of Saturday, April 13th, uh, Betty Jo Booker, age 15, was playing her alto saxophone in her regular weekly gig with her band, the Rhythm Marys. Anyway, um, I totally probably slaughtered that. Rhythm Marys. At the VFW Club at West 4th and Oak Street. Around 1.30 a.m. Sunday morning, April 14th, her friend, they should have put friend in quotations because you don't go to Lover's Lane with just a friend. So a friend picked her... (laughs) Don't give me that. (laughs) Paul Martin, age 17, uh, arrived to pick her up from the performance, and this is the last time they were seen alive. Martin's body was found around 6.30 a.m. that morning, uh, by Mr. and Mrs. G.H. Weaver and their son, lying on its uh, left side of the northern edge of North Park Road. Blood was found further down the other side of the road by a fence. He had been shot four times, ew, once through the nose, like up the nose, like... With a rubber hose? Like, or did it get shot from the side? Wow. From the nose, yes. again through the left fourth rib from behind, and a third time in the right hand, and then finally through the back of the neck. Jesus, this guy obviously wasn't military because he shoots like shit, or he's purposely shooting in these odd places. I mean, in, in all fairness, it's in the middle of the night, and he's got a sack over his head. He probably can't see through shit. So, uh, Booker's body was not found until approximately 11.30 a.m., almost two miles away from Martin's body behind a tree. She was found by members of the Boyd family, along with their friend, Ted... I'm not even going to try to pronounce Ted's last name. Hey, Ted! uh, ...who joined the search party. Uh, Her body was lying on its back, fully clothed, with the right hand in the pocket of a buttoned overcoat. She had been shot twice, one through the chest and one through the face. And the uh, weapon was the same. It was a 32 automatic Colt pistol. Um, these would be the next to the last crime. Damn, they pull up and he's already creeping out the woods. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to stay in line with the back of the car. Which is kind of funny that he's just... So this person's just hanging out in the fucking woods on the off chance people are going to come up here to get it on. What happens if nobody's getting it on? What's he do then? Uh, probably just takes his sack off and goes home. Holy shit, that's terrifying. <laughs> Holy jumping Jesus Christmas shits. <laughs> well, I mean, this person's hanging on the side of a moving car. You know that he's like... You just aim for a tree, man, and knock him off. Like, they should just... They should have hit a tree and, by now. Either head-on or off the side. Oh, shit. He pulled the driver out. <laughs> she just keeps on going, man. Hell, yeah. I would have fucking kept on going. That way so I could get to the police. It's just a fist fight. You need to have a weapon in hand. Okay, and now the car is out of control. And what does she do? She covers her face. You would think jumping in the driver's seat would be the logical thing to do. Uh, this is the 40s. Uh, women didn't know how to do that then. Right. <laughs> Driving a car, that's done by magic. So there was a, a reward fund exceeding $1,700. 
for information leading to the persons responsible for the Griffin Moore and Martin Booker murders. Rumors circulated throughout the area, uh, with one of the rumors suggesting a local minister had turned in his own son, son as a suspect in the Martin Booker murders. Uh, what's $1,700 in 1946 today? It says it's exceeding $1,700, but if it's, I can't imagine it's exceeding all that much. If it was more than $1,800, they would have said exceeding $1,800, but it's How much now? $1,700 in 1946. Okay, so I'm guessing I was looking down. Uh, that's Today, that's almost $24K. Wow. <laughs> Man, and she's wearing like a white dress. That's the worst thing to be wearing in the woods. In the woods at night. That's how I. That's how I think Sally Hardesty was discovered so much in the woods and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She's wearing them big old fucking white bell bottoms and that light well, bluish purplish tank top. Well, it's impossible to make a getaway when you're pushing Franklin in a wheelchair around through the woods. <laughs> Let's not get onto that Franklin thing again. <laughs> Sally! I'll go with you, Sally. I'll go with you. And did he think that he... What was his thinking there? Did he think he was going to push himself through that? Did he think he was going to have this, like, five-foot-three little petite chick push him through that? I would expect her to push him through that. Oh, shit. All right, so he has found her. True night shots here. Like, this is... This looks good. This is... That's very awesomely lit there. You're just getting, like, moonlight of the mask. This is a pretty good struggle scene. In the woods, like it. Okay, so boyfriend is now waking up. He's got clobbered on the back of the head. Like, he's definitely got some CTE. Blurred vision, I'm sure. Just hears a gong going off in his head. And he's down. <laughs> he tried. Didn't make it. Not much of a struggle here from her now. She's just kind of... <laughs> well, hell, she's probably worn out from all that fucking fighting. So, it looks like his M.O. is he likes to tie women up to trees. Because now he's got his pre-ready-made wrist restraints. He just pulled those out of his pocket. That's some premeditated shit. Oh, she's... <laughs> oh, and this sucks, man. He can... You're... Oh, man. She's tied up and there's nothing she can do. Just shimmy up the whole tree. I saw it in Bushwhacked. Man, he's breathing heavy in that fucking bag over his head. I mean, I probably would too in Texarkana. He's done fucking playing games. He's got his now gun out. Now he pulls out. the pistol out. Well, you're not going to be able to get the trombone out and tape the knife to it and all this other shit with the boyfriend still alive. He's got to kill boyfriend. So he can then get the duct tape out, get the knife, tape it up to the trombone. That takes time. 
You think that he had a trombone of his own? Just taking his sweet time with his shot. All right. Boyfriend is shot dead. <laughs> what was his name again? Let me go look. Uh, Paul Martin, age 17. Martin. And she's 15? That's kind of questionable. What, the actress trying to portray 15? <laughs> that too. All right, so she knows her fate is sealed. I think she did a really good job. Like, she convinced me that she thinks she's going to die. Eh. Didn't really provide much enough struggle. I feel like she was pretty willingly to give up to wrap her fucking arms around this tree. But How did I the mean, trombone get out of the car like that? Uh, it flew out during these Oh, struggle. yeah, when they were doing circles with him attached to the, hanging on to the door. My bad. I only saw the boyfriend fly out of the car. I didn't see the trombone go with him. Well, unlike earlier, the day for night shooting, this is actually at night, so things aren't super well lit, which, I don't know, it's a 50-50. You're not seeing everything, but, I mean, it's giving you that true nighttime feel. So he's not taping it. He's, He's... like strapping this okay taping it strapping it to this either trombone. way he is adhering this pocket knife to the trombone <laughs> i'm surprised he hasn't hyperventilated in this bag here and why put it if you're not playing it why do you got to put it to your mouth i don't you even think st- you can play it through a sack <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like put your lips together I think it's like a like sensation alright so he's done tested it now he's ready to do it he did he did the first two now he's stabbing her one stab dose stabos wow she died okay three I was like, that was kind of a tiny knife, too. And she's really no-selling getting stabbed in the back three times. And apparently that's all it takes. Wow. That knife, I mean, it looked like it could fuck you up if it got you, like, across the throat or a direct heart shot, but... I think it would have been funnier if it actually made back? noise. Like, he actually got a tune out of it when he was doing that. Because when he's doing it, you don't hear it. Like, there's no noise coming out of the trombone, so it... <laughs> And next day, police find the bodies. Shit, our drag decoys didn't work. <laughs> so, I thought you like this too. One of the other taglines that falls under for a town that it had sent down is Hicksploitation. Hicksploitation. Would you like to know some of the movies that fall under Hicksploitation? Enlighten me. Devil's Rejects. <laughs> I can see that. Roadhouse. Roadhouse? Smokey really? Smokey and the Bandit. Dukes of Hazard, Bonnie and Clyde. I disagree with Roadhouse. Walking Tall. Every Which Way But Loose. Over the over the top, I don't know. Okay, so that the murder uh, with the saxophone took place on April 13th. And then there wouldn't be any more murders again until... May 3rd. So a couple weeks will go by. 
and then this will be the the last of the murders. And right. apparently, I don't think it was somebody who was. No, this wasn't a Lover's Lane one. This is motherfucker got shot in his, in his armchair in his living room. While Katie was laying down. I remember that. Like, the next setup kind of kill double kills as a couple, or he's just yeah firing the, through a window with his pistol. Which that's some. That's some bold stuff right there. Because you just, you're not aiming for it. It doesn't sound like he's aiming for anybody in particular. He's just... Doesn't sound like he aims very much at all. No, especially if you're shooting somebody through the nose and then through the neck. So another tag word I mentioned earlier was trombone. So many other movies tied to trombone. Clueless. Clueless? The Witches of Eastwick. I don't recall a trombone. The Skeleton Key? No, none of these movies Airplane. are trombonish. <laughs> trombonish. Yeah, except for Airplane when he says uh, something about with instruments and they're all in the cockpit playing like a little tune with the instruments. Yeah, I don't know about that one. There's a scene where he says, uh, I think it's Stryker says something about Stryker, 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 Stryker something but with instruments and then they're all just playing musical instruments and I think there might be a trombone in that little three second scene <laughs> so how far are we into this now we're almost to the final the, murder so we can't stamp. we're at 55 minutes and 16 seconds this is a breezy 90 minutes so the kind of the I, I consider the industry standard for a movie is to make it at least hour and a half, 90 minutes, you got a movie. Oh, there is uh, the newspaper that was printed the day after the final murders, uh, which was the paper date is Saturday, May 4th, and it read, quote, Murder Rock City again, farmer slain, wife wounded. That would be cool to see what that paper looks like, like to have, like hold a copy of that. So apparently she was only wounded, which is Don Wells's role. She should have just stayed on that island. <laughs> Let's see if there's something like maybe some kind of news today or something. How about like this? some kind of know. recent news. But we can get a little background on the director uh, besides from his other movie. Uh, Boggy Creek, but Charles Piercy uh, apparently died uh, March 5th, 2010, age 71. Ooh. In February of 2020, the FBI releases archive on Texarkana Phil, uh, Phantom Killer over a thousand pages online. So, I would love to see the Reddit community get a hold of that because they have solved many a crime uh, and I i kind of look at the reddit community that solves crimes as like a big brain trust of solving crimes um and but uh on thursday the fbi published extensive archive uh, of documents from the investigation of the 1946 phantom killer murders known as the texarkana moonlight murders the killings panicked the sister cities of Texarkana, Texas, and Arkansas in the spring of 1946. 
In five attacks over ten weeks, at least one person, known as the Phantom Killer, assaulted eight people and shooting five to death. So it was five. <laughs> five to seven. Never officially solved, the case has joined the ranks of the legendary murder mysteries. Um, I don't know. I'd like to... I'd like to think that now that this has gone public, that the Reddit community will bring closure, answers, something. Nah. Whatever. I have faith. I have none. Reddit community, if you hear me, I, ho <laughs> I hope that you do this. Uh, so another little bit of fun trivia I found from Charles B. Pierce. He was he was either one of, one of or the writer for Sudden Impact, the uh, part of the Dirty Harry franchise. I was like, that's interesting. That's bit different from uh, Boggy Creek and this movie, which is done in a very similar style. Like it's 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 a very odd style because it's not it's not a movie, it's not a documentary, it's not a mockumentary. It's just it's something else entirely. I can't quite explain exactly how these two movies are that he made. I mean, but they're they're fun. I, I, I feel I definitely fall under that uh, exploitation uh, category tagline. I wonder is in that cop car. That is, I wonder. You know, with the threat of the Phantom Killer being out there, like did did they just did people stop going to Lovers Lane? Did he just decide, okay, I've killed enough people, I'm done. I, I know I'm asking questions I'll never get answers to. But I would like to think if an area of Lover's Lane, people keep going there for, you know, sexual purposes, and they keep getting... Sexual purposes. Well, some people could be going <laughs> to make out and spend quality time together, and other people could be going there to get it on. I mean, you know most times they're going there to get it on, but that's not always the case. <laughs> um, friend, friend of mine and her got it on. Woo-wee! But you would think that that would kind of be an area that people would stay away from. Therefore, either making the killer come to a different type of approach, or he just decides to quit because Lover's Lane is his M.O. I'm kind of curious. But aside from I've heard that they do a, the annual drive-in a screening of the movie down in Texarkana. I wonder if they kind of, if the town kind of embraces the history and legend of this, uh, kind of like uh, Point Pleasant with the Mothman, or if they kind of are more like uh, I'm blanking on the town in Boggy Creek that they uh, use in that where the town is more or less like doesn't really care for outsiders rolling in and trying to. Uh, stir up shit in the town they're like get just get them out of here get out of here we don't want none of that none of this stuff yeah slow motion car chase on dirt roads i mean that was a pretty good little slow mo shot there oh shit are they gonna go airborne they gonna uh, flip it or are they just driving into the brush i feel like this is driving into the brush that was a weird cut to a completely different road this must be yule sweeney well, well, what I do? Oh, he's st he's still in the brush over there. Like they just kind of ditch the car, and <laughs> they're still filming it in slow motion. <laughs> just getting the most out of those shots. 
So you film this today, I say that dude should be played by Ray Wise. Okay, now I got a question for you. We have talked about cases before. Wow, look how sweaty that dude is. Sorry. Either <laughs> um, small town or just kind of police incompetence, whether it's a small town or not. But it tends to, holy shit, that car just went airborne. There's some Blues Brothers stuff going on. Ain't nothing wrong with this car, boss. <laughs> but do you think if they had better resources, I don't know. I would like to think that the reason why this wasn't solved, one of the main reasons, I'm not the main, but shit like this didn't happen in Texarkana. It's not like, uh, you know, L.A. or New York where there's fucking murders going on all the time. This is Texarkana where, you know, the craziest thing that happens is maybe a cow wanders out into the road. And I feel like maybe because they don't live in a high crime area that these police just don't have the experience it takes oh, to I don't think so. solve a serial killer murder. I think it's totally some Rob Schneider and Demolition Man. Like, we're not trained to handle this kind of thing. And it's probably just the comp. And I can totally believe they're like, let's just dress some dude, some cops undercover up in, in women's clothes and see if that does anything. Like, uh, I'm not not entirely sure, but I wouldn't would not definitely outrule that this is a small. These are small town cops where the first couple murders kind of caught them by surprise, and then it's then it's up for speculation whether or not that they were like, well, we can handle this. This is our town. We can we can handle this kind of thing, or. Or like once you get to four people, five people, like maybe we should call in somebody. Well, I know that they do get the Texas Rangers involved in it. Chuck Norris shows up in this. Uh, he was still in training at the time. That is the Texas Ranger. All right, so so far this seems to all be about the stolen car. But okay, so let's go back to Noel Yule Sweeney. I don't know why I called him Noel. Anyway, Yule Sweeney. Brenner. Like I said, that he died in 94. Since then, no evidence has come out to prove whether he is or isn't. So it just remains kind of, he could be, but he may not be either. According to Texas Monthly, uh, a local journalist, James Presley's book, The Phantom Killer, Unlocking the Mystery of the Texarkana Serial Murders, uh, The Story of a Town in Terror. That's a hell of a title. A Town in Terror. No. The whole title of the book is The Phantom Killer, Unlocking the Mystery of the Texarkana Serial Murders, A Story of a Town in Terror. It's like, Jesus, <laughs> how many subtitles it? do we fucking need? Can you shorten that up? Nope. Not a word. He presents us a, a case proving Sweeney's guilt in 2014. He says, I dare to say every lawman who worked this case never quit mulling the story over and over in hopes of turning up hard evidence that could convict Sweeney of the murders. Oh, I thought he was actually going to come out with some kind of new fucking angle to the theory. It's just over here he's talking about how there's no hard evidence. Uh, the killings were inspiration for this film, as we all know. Oh, here. The town shows it each Halloween in a park near one of the crime scenes. Yeah, I believe it's the. Uh... Yeah, but you didn't. They, you said that they showed the town, but they showed the movie, but uh, you didn't say when or where. Okay, well, I, I want to say that was it. It's the uh, saxophone slash trombone kill 
is the location, uh, the the crime scene location where they do the uh, uh, screening. I say filming. It's like nope, not filming. Screening of the original movie. Tire swing. It's just a shame somebody, like one of the people that survived, didn't get to, you know, pull yeah, the dude butt. That's, yeah. Anyway, that they didn't get a chance to like pull the mask off during the struggle. I mean, Don Wells, I can understand why she didn't get a chance to pull the mask off because she was shot from outside of her house, inside her house. So, okay, now well, we're we at- know a murder's coming. We got the. Then when the date pops on the screen, we know a murder's coming. We are one hour, six minutes, and 17 seconds in. And it's May 3rd. Ooh, bread. Two loaves for 25 cents. Bacon's 42 cents a pound. What's hoop cheese? I don't think I want to know what hoop cheese is. (laughs) H-O-O-P cheese. I don't know. Let's look. Hoop cheese, because that's one of the signs on the... On the wall, hoop cheese, and I can't read the price, but pork chops are forty nine cents a pound. Hoop cheese. Oh Jesus, it's a thing. Sure, fried pies. Oh, hoop cheese is a traditional cow's milk cheese that's that was common in the southern United States from early to mid nineteen hundreds. It is still available today, although it is much less common. It is a simple cheese prepared by separating the whey from the cottage cheese curds. So this is probably the last uh, gasps of hoop cheese being a thing in 46. Sure. Sure. Uh, It is made directly from milk with no ream or salt. It, traditionally, it is a farmer's cheese. So there we go, hoop cheese. Learn something new every day on uh, on the podcast today. Um, somebody asks on here, is hoop cheese real cheese? <laughs> what cheese smells like vomit? What well, won't make me vomit? What's all right? So now we're gearing up towards the the couple that is killed from just. Uh, Phantom Killer just firing from out a window. And I... Uh, am I right? Is the uh, the woman get shot like in the face? Yes, like she gets cheek? shot in the face twice. But she lives. Totally. That's he, hardcore. Yeah, okay. Dang, he gets right up on it. Okay, so... Um, going back to the cheese smelling like vomit. <laughs> so, yes, definitely could take me back to that right now. Butyric acid, I hope I'm saying that right, butyric acid is a chemical that contributes to the smell of both Parmesan cheese and vomit. (laughs) That's from Science Focus. So, apparently, cheese, I mean, Parmesan cheese does kind of smell like vomit. I remember we went to a party over at Kelly's, this was years ago, and... Cody had thrown up in the kitchen while I was in the other room and when I walked into the kitchen I'm like why does it smell like parmesan cheese in here and he had thrown up I'm sorry that story was much funnier when I was there but yes he threw up I totally thought they had parmesan cheese in the kitchen it was just vomit we had to have a squib behind the head there to I don't know if you could do that, put a squib on a head. 
that much hair as possible. So she ends up getting out. Like, he comes in to really make sure he's dead. He's popping caps in the back of his fucking head. Why yeah, he's she's... just staring at her. Staring at him right now. Like... Oh. Yep. I guess he didn't need to pop any more caps because he was already dead. But she's, like, crawling her way out. I'll tell you this. Shot in the face or not. Adrenaline, I feel, got her to safety. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. I wonder, I like... Got a silencer on it. I don't know if that... Uh, uh, shit. Do we know if that's a that was a thing? That, that silencers existed back in the 40s? Well, not that they existed, but that this dude could get his hands on a silencer. Because I, I know at least today, it's, it's very fucking hard, and you're definitely... Uh, notes are taken if you're in possession of a silencer so i'm like i want to feel like it, silencers are only kind of available to like military police like you had to really be somebody to get a hold of a silencer if you can find that out let us know because did he use a silencer for real or is that just for this yes movie? they actually bring that up on the wikipedia page There's where gotta be something she to just talks about she's it sounded like she thought glass was breaking or something to that extent so I mean, that's what they show there is he yes. just takes those two shots and yeah you probably just hear the glass breaking but so that leads me to believe that the silencer fact is real that might be a key thing but right there. I, I that would be a kind of a good thing to know because i mean they didn't have all the gun laws that they have today uh or even in the 80s when strict gun laws did start to go into effect because of the shooting of james uh of yeah james brady uh, and therefore creating the Brady Bill. Not Wayne Brady? No. Um, this was, uh, he was some kind of advisor or some somebody who was working with Ronald Reagan, who was president at the time. And it was when the assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan happened, James Brady or Jim Brady got shot, and now he's like in a wheelchair, but they did all this legislation of gun safety and all that because he was shot. Um, so I would think if, that's very pre Brady Billish stuff. So I'm gonna say getting your hands on a silencer was probably easy as fucking pie back in the forties. I don't know, man. Unless it's a makeshift silencer like some type of like beer can silencer or some shit. But I feel like that was a tough thing to get a hold of. That cool shot there, the corn stalks got the got the moon overhead and then we got the Phantom Killer doing his Jason Voorhees thing. I would really like to know, like, what... I want to see this solved because I want to know what his motive was. Was it just random? He just felt the urge to kill? Or were these five people and then the other three wounded were... I mean, was it somebody... A connection? Was it somebody they wronged? Uh, just, yes, I... My mind's on random. That's the thing that gets me... Is zoom shot. Why? Super cool. What was his reasoning for killing people? Had he just had enough? It was eight months after World War Two, so did he come back from war with like a fucking bloodlust and just start fucking killing people in town? <laughs> Thank you for his blood, not me. <laughs> I mean, they didn't know what PTSD was back then. Back then it was just known as shell shock. Right, and that was something that you would, oh, he'll shake it off in a few months. He'll shake it off once he gets used to being home. Then it went to post-traumatic stress disorder. 
See, that's something that's also scary. It's the middle of the night, and somebody is banging on, like, say that's our house. If somebody's, like, banging in the on the door, all fucking bloody and shot in the face in the middle of the night, what are we fucking gonna do? Uh, pull the Halloween shit and just turn the light off and go back to bed. Fuck, I can't do that. <laughs> no. First I've of got all, work in the morning. I can't be dealing with this. I'm calling 911. And then I'm going to go out on the porch with some kind of weapons or whatever till the police show up. You're going to go out there Joe Pesci style and uh, <laughs> my cousin Vinny just <laughs> shoot an owl. I hope not. Oh, man. That neighbor coming out in time. With a gun. <laughs> Joe Pesci style. That looks like a different mask. The eye holes look bigger there. And... There's like um, some breathing marks, I guess you could say, kind of on the shot where he's in the in the cornfield. You can kind of see a mouth impression, sort of, and this one doesn't have that. I mean, yeah, and those eye holes are bigger. It's a shame we don't get to see him use the pickaxe he grabs. Yeah, not you, in real life. Do you just, think he would have fucking like totally? Like bludgeoned her in the fucking front yard of those people. <laughs> yeah, you just get some with an axe. All right. Classic paper boy, paper boy hat. So okay, she was shot in the face uh, two times in the face from the same window. One bullet entered her right cheek and exited behind her left ear. Ugh. The other went just below her lip, breaking her jaw, splintering out several teeth before lodging under her tongue. Ugh. God dang. Oof. Uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, Gross. Pretty fucking <laughs> intense. She's hardcore. All right, the police are in pursuit. Oh, like we've had enough of this bullshit. Why didn't they get the fucking bloodhounds out? I mean, this is Texarkana. How come there's not a roving gang of beer belly vigilantes? Like a fucking lynch mob. Yeah. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Okay, so she makes it to the neighbor's house. Uh, because no one was home, she ran 50 yards more to uh, Prather, uh, Prater's house. Prater answered her call for help. She gasped, Virgil is, Virgil's dead, and then she collapsed. He shot the rifle in the air to summon another neighbor, Elmer Taylor, who Prater sent to collect his car. Taylor compiled uh, and, along with Prater family, took Katie to a hospital so she ended up making it to the hospital um miss starks gave taylor one of her teeth Ugh. with a gold filling by the way of thanks she was in a semi-conscious state slumping forward on the front seat Although she had lost a considerable amount of blood, she showed no signs of going into shock, and her heart rate remained normal. That's that's tough. You shot in the face, and your fucking jaw and teeth are splintered everywhere, and you are still at a calm 
level. She was smoking a Kevin Smith level size blunt right before the gunfire went down. I mean, remaining calm does keep your heart rate down and you're when your heart rate's down you're not pumping as much blood as fast so remaining calm was probably in her best interest and we're back to captain morales here i'm just trying to figure out what the hell to do people just keep dying in this town eventually gonna be coming for him you know you're not protecting us oh here's something interesting uh, okay, they did actually bring in bloodhounds. The bloodhounds were brought in from Hope by the uh, Arkansas State Police. They found two trails that led to a highway before the scent was lost. Uh, more officers were called in to help in the investigation. Officers had detained at least 12 suspect suspects, but only kept three for further questioning. 47 officers were working to solve the murders, among them <laughs> sheriffs of four counties. Wow. So yeah, They weren't so uh, not unwilling to bring in help. I mean, they were kind of like, we can't handle this shit. Come help us, John Spartan. So um, there was a flashlight from one of the crimes. It was sent to Washington, D.C. for further inspection. The unofficial theory for a motive amongst the majority of officers was that of, and I quote, sex mania. As large amounts of money in the home were not taken, nor was Katie Stark's purse, which was lying on the bed and contained money and jewelry. The So obviously these people weren't killed because they were robbed. The title on the front page of the Texas uh, Texarkana Gazette on Sunday, May 5th read Sex Maniac Hunted and Murders. Sex Maniac. On the night of Virgil's death, the reward fund went up to $7,025. So, wow, that kind of grew like six grand over just a couple of weeks. <laughs> but now we have everybody fucking afraid that there's a sex maniac involved in this. <laughs> Some men just want to watch the world burn. I don't. I don't really think it was the sex maniac thing because I don't know where they came to that conclusion. I would think if somebody was money, raped, he didn't take money. Well, clearly, he must be horny. But nobody was raped either. So, <laughs> but they were penetrated. Some were penetrated with a blade. Is that an extension of the penis? I guess to some people, sure. Sex maniac. I. I'm not buying the sex maniac angle. That's hilarious. I'd love to have a newspaper that says that on it. Sex maniac on the loose. No, it says sex maniac hunted and murders. Hunt, <laughs> hunted, hunter and murders. Hunted, in, hunted, murder in, in murders. Hunted and murders. Um, I want that paper. I mean, I personally think that speculation is only adding more fear to the town. It's like, okay, now we got somebody who's a fucking killer. He's already killed five people and shot Katie in the face. And now we have to worry about a sex maniac. <laughs> like, is he going around raping people? Is he raping men and women or just women? Who needs to be afraid? <laughs> this is just adding a whole nother level of an onion to this case of who and why it's like super bad and like if he had punched you and ejaculated on you we'd have a real good shot at, shot at catching this guy uh, 
I mean, even if he did rape anybody, it's not like they had the DNA like they do now. So, dude, just, he's just roaming through the woods looking for his next victim, middle of the day. I mean, Not Ted, really sundown. <laughs> Ted Kaczynski lived in the woods. I will have my revenge! So close, yet so I, far away. You know nice what? Shot. I'm going to put money on this, and I hope I get to find out one day, whether in this life or the afterlife... Naturally, I'm like, who was, the, who was the phantom killer? And watch it be, like, it wouldn't surprise me if it was somebody that, like the townspeople said, it's somebody who lives here. It's somebody who's walking free. And I bet it's somebody who's just fucking wallowing in the fucking glory of, yeah, I did this, and you'll never catch me because I was so good I didn't leave evidence. I didn't leave concrete evidence, I should say. This is our big action finale sequence of the movie. Is this? Yes, we got the wild goose chase through the fucking woods. There's a train coming. Does he catch the train? Does he get hit by the train? Guess we're about to find out. This captain could couldn't catch a cold. Holy shit! He's, he's gonna fucking ass. outrun that train. He's not trying to catch it. He's just classic cross. train dodge. Wow. Well, obviously, whoever the fa- phantom killer is, he's kind of got a physicalness to him because he can pick up women and carry them off. He can outrun a fucking train. <laughs> but he fucked up his knee doing that. You know what? Slow motion running. They love the slow motion shots in this movie. They had to uh, stretch the movie out a few more Tell minutes. You, that's John John Ashton. That's who he cast. Is he even still alive? Yes, he's still alive. Whoa! He slipped on a banana peel. Or he got shot in the leg. <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, oh, he got shot. You know what, though? Splattered up on his head, on his mask. He wants to get away. He better get it together and get the fuck out of there. Hobble on a... Hobble along. And see, if he went to the hospital, they would have to report that. Did they in 46? Uh, I don't know, but I would like to think if there's, like days and actually this went on for like a couple months everybody fucking knows there's a killer about and then some motherfucker shows up with a fucking shotgun injury to his leg I am fucking calling the police and been like hey I don't know what's up with this but this dude just showed up with a fucking shotgun blast to his leg does he have insurance he might be the guy if it bleeds, we can kill him. <laughs> I just... Oh, see, I spoke too soon. Send in the hounds. I was like, why didn't they bring the bloodhounds? And here we are 20 minutes later, or well, however got, many minutes later. Well, now they have blood to actually hound. This got to be some of the Boggy Creek reused shots here. This, these like trees. The, the mossy total, trees. Yes. Oh, that shit's infected. Ew. He got swamp water in his fucking wound? Yep. That's asking for a bacterial infection. <laughs> That's how cabin fever got made. And But see, though, he still might be okay because it's like a uh, May. And May is not in the dog days of summer. 
that's usually August September time frame. I don't know when uh, the what water the heat, what the heat what the heat is like in Texarkana. <laughs> um, like what's spring there? Still probably like eighty five. But I would like to think the dog days of summer would be around long enough that it would warm the water up to create bacterial infections and stuff like that. Um, so I think so he's kind of he, good from dog days. So now he, he, he essentially gets away, and now we're at a shot of a theater where they're showing the town that dreaded sundown. And, of course, we're doing this panning on these pair of shoes. Much nicer shoes than we saw uh, the Phantom Killer wearing earlier, but does he have a little bit of a limp there? Has he got a fucked up leg? Did he like the movie? Did this sheriff resign in shame for not catching this guy? Shame on you, Morales. Uh, his name is actually something else. It's Gonzalez. The sheriff? Yeah. Captain Gonzalez. And now they're just kind of going over all of this <laughs> stuff about these law enforcement officers. They're probably like, he searched till the day he died. <laughs> Ooh, Speaking of that flashlight, there was actually a photograph that went with it, and it's just titled, Have You Seen This Two-Cell Flashlight? <laughs> Have you seen this, boy? It was an all-metal flashlight with both ends painted red, and three rivets hold the head of the flashlight onto the body. So apparently it was a very specific uh, flashlight that was left at the scene of the crime. Well, that, we are officially now in the credits, so that is the conclusion of the fan commentary for The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Final thoughts, uh, my dear, on this fine feature film? Um, it's not totally, like, really scary, scary, like, it scared me when I was in middle school. It's tamed by today's standards. It is definitely tamed by today's standards, but it is a pretty good telling of the real story of course you know they always got to take a couple liberties with things <laughs> trombone exactly get it right it was an altone saxophone <laughs> so anyway uh i thought it was a good um a good flick for its time uh it told the story it kind of gives a little wrap up uh and i like how at the end they kind of show like a 1976 version of now we're showing this movie Will he be there? It's kind of, kind of. I feel like it's uh, like Halloween. As when Halloween ends, uh, the killer's still out there, and that's totally where this origin. I feel like this probably jump started that. Like they never caught this guy. He's still out there. Michael Myers is still out there. Uh, the Phantom Killer was played by Bud Davis. Well, hats off to Bud Davis for doing all that fucking running and fighting and jumping into moving cars with a fucking sack on his head. I know how hard it is to breathe inside fucking Walmart with a mask on, let alone trying to do all that shit. Oh, almost waterboarding yourself and swamp water. <laughs> and this all was filmed in Texarkana. They're thinking the fire department, the hospital, the everybody. The Skin Lake Railroad, Scott of Arkansas. <laughs> well thank you for listening and next week we will be returning with uh more true crime cases 
I think we, yes, we do have uh, another listener request. This will be the last one, uh, unless something comes in between now and then. But, oh, is this uh, mine? <laughs> ooh, no, this one is um, oh. from a listener. Uh, I didn't exactly get where she was from, but she messaged me on Facebook and was like, hey, uh, you know, we kind of talked about some Wesley Perky stuff, and she wants me to do another case where a horrible crime was committed and then mental health comes into play. Uh, in addition to that, it's act- I actually want to touch on the town where this crime takes place because this town it's like village of the damned so uh we will get to that the wednesday after next so once again thank you for listening and if you want to reach out to me and give me a suggestion you can catch me on instagram or facebook at housewife of horrors that's plural and um well thank you you guys and (laughs) stay safe and i don't know what else to say (laughs) we're coming for you phantom killer Yes, Reddit community. We need this one solved. Please. It ain't happening. Okay. <laughs>